Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Connected Podcast, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything else. Uh, I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom and I'm very honoured and I'm very happy to introduce two of my favourite people in the world. Uh, on my left I've got uh, Sue Uniman, the Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. And on my further left, <laughs> I have uh, Catherine Jacob, the CEO of Pearl and Dean. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How I'm, are you? I'm very good, thank you. You're the only, per- you're the only person who ever asked me that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to go with you, Jane, but this... <laughs> <laughs> that's um, and we're here I'm to... I'm not s- saying anything, it's just I'm the only person who cares about you really. Do, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Can you speak to my wife, please? The... Um, well, I'll, I'll there you go. Oh, the I think that's a whole a other podcast. Party. Yeah, uh, we are here to celebrate the uh, success of your book, uh, "The Glass Wall: Success Strategies for Women at Work and Businesses That Mean Business." And I'm going to ask this question to you, Sue. Are you surprised at the overwhelming positivity and popularity of it? Surprised? Am I surprised? I'm very pleased about mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, not surprised in the sense that the reason that we wrote the book is that we really felt that this was a a book that needed writing we had some things that needed saying we were hoping that we would manage to speak to and in a way on behalf of a lot of women at work um and i'm absolutely delighted if even in a small way we have been able to do that well this comes on to my second question and it's aimed at you Catherine. so i have been around recommending this book so i mean i've got no no affiliate fees the back off it in the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but to clients friends friends who are clients i've got um, people in my team who are here who are reading it right now and they i know um from their stories that they've gone away changed how they've approached reviews um, interviews and other interactions and they've demanded more money they've demanded promotions or or even just equality of opportunity have you had any similar feedback at all yeah I have I I was um, well Sue and I are both really surprised because we had a woman who works at one of the magic circle law firms and uh, in the way that this book seems to have worked I thought Sue knew this woman and Sue thought I knew this woman and we turned up at her offices and it was about it was like being in one direction she <laughs> said I can't believe you're here I can't believe you're both actually in the room it's just amazing your book has changed my life uh, and she'd used the um, strategies and tips in the book to renegotiate her job and her salary package and it had genuine and she would picked it up in passing um, which is quite remarkable given the amount of PR that we've had but she was in Waterstone she was buying someone a birthday present and she saw the book and thought oh, that was quite interesting and picked it up and read it and she'd done the whole thing of she'd highlighted bits of it and had um, sort of post-it notes on it with bits that she really wanted to remember and I thought that was really lovely and it is the only time I've ever had a proper fangirl moment from anybody <laughs> uh, <coughs> that didn't involve a lot of drink so <laughs> you know it was nine in the morning so that was pretty good so it was great and yeah is that is that the greatest success of the book is that your greatest feeling that you will get from the book or is it selling lots of numbers or is it is it, is it those moments that make all the hard work of writing this book worth it well I think the reason why we wrote it is because there's always a sense of you know and I have got two very long-standing friends who work at Mediacom and they're both women that I can go to say is it just me is it just me that... Is it just me think this is a bit cack? Hmm. And them saying, no, it's not just you, it's the whole thing. But there's quite a lot of women who don't have people that they can talk to. So for every woman who says, 
I read that book and it really resonated with me. I've gone through the same thing. I wish I'd had this book 20 years ago or 10 years ago because it would have just changed the way that I worked. That's a success. The numbers are the numbers. I mean, we never expected it was going to be J.K. Rowling and <laughs> Sue and I would be sitting on a five fran- you know, five movie franchise. Or is that the next bit of the... That's the next bit, so. is the five movie franchise that Sue and I write. Suggestions, suggestions welcome for who should play me and who should play Catherine. <laughs> yeah. we'll leave that to another yeah. day. Well, who's going to play ASD? Yeah. Oh, Idris Elba, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, so what is the book? What, what did you write it for? Why, why does it exist? Um, it's simply a guide to achieving your dreams at work. It's no more, co- nothing more complicated than that. But the objective of it is, I think we know, in fact, from our research, that there are many women who are frustrated at work in the sense that they feel that the glass wall has come down. And the objective of this book is to say, here's a similar situation. There is nothing that is happening to you that ha- is only happening to you. Everything, everybody, we've all been through similar things. Here is a set of techniques that will get you through that situation and on to, if you like, the next round of the game, the next rung of the ladder. Um, And at its simplest, it is pragmatic feminism. Mm -hmm. It is, this is what works. We are not, in many cases, commenting about even the morality of the techniques that we suggest. We're not saying this is right. We're not saying this is fair or unfair. We're saying, if this happens to you, here is what you can do about it. And every technique in the book is based on a tested technique that will work one way or another. And that's what the book is. It's also a a guide for people who employ talented women Mm -hmm. and then look around and go, well, hang on a minute. When we started our grad program, it was 50-50. And where have all the women Mm -hmm. gone? Where have all the talented women gone? Have they been sucked up into some beastly vortex of, you know, daytime television and they don't want to come back anymore so it's for all those businesses who turn around and say I really want to bring women through and uh, and how do I do it and how do I make it possible for them to thrive and succeed and for us to gain the benefits of what a diverse workforce brings you so is that is that something that we need to address I look around the room I'm the only man in the room um, which is it's almost the story of your life well, 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 done, <laughs> yeah. well done well done Esty. yeah um, so is, is it something that we need to then address that this isn't just a book for women and for strength for women but it's also something as a, a guideline for men on how to lead women or is it just a book on how to treat everyone equally it's it's a, a book about how to treat everybody fairly mm. which isn't always as we've said the same as equally because if you are a um, busy woman with many things to do at home and that could be caring for pets or caring for parents or caring for kids your work-life blend is not the same as a senior bloke who very often, more senior men in this country have stay-at-home partners at home than senior women in this country have stay-at-home partners at home. And therefore, treating everybody the same isn't the right thing to do, as, as we point out in the book. But the subtitle says it all. It's, it's success strategies for women at work and for businesses that mean business. And stat after stat shows that businesses that have gender mix at the most senior decision-making levels drive profitability, drive business success. And I would say any business that's sitting with a homogenous board that all look and sound the same 
is cutting its own throat. It's competitive advantage, this book. So this book is for anybody that wants to have competitive advantage. So is, is the second in the series, of the gla- in the Glass Wall series, is that uh, a feminism for men or a, a, an approaching feminism for men type book? Because yeah. that, that must be an opportunity in the marketplace. I mean, the, fe- the feminism word is a difficult word anyway, it actually, is. because there are many people who don't like the F word. I hmm. mean, I would call myself... Fe- we would all call ourselves feminists, wouldn't we, on this panel? I'm definitely doing it today, ha- yeah. Hands yeah. up. <laughs> I'm doing it today. You should do it all the time. It was a joke. Uh, uh, would, you guys, would you guys all call yourself feminists? Or is, is there anyone who's not sure about the word and wants to put their hand up? No, no, you're not sure about it. Yeah, there are, there are women and men who are not sure about the word. What it definitely is, is uh, something that says, here's a manual for looking after your team of talented people. It's a no-brainer that not everybody with talent looks and behaves and sounds the same. Of course they don't. It would be really weird if they did, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be a 19th century idea. We've moved way beyond that. But a lot of businesses at the top level look pretty much the same as they did in the 1970s and Catherine and I have a, a saying which is who needs a TARDIS you can who needs a TARDIS for time travel you can wake up and find yourself in a meeting or you can flick through the pages of some trade press magazines with pictures of their new senior management lineup and it looks exactly the same as it did in 1985 yeah That's so there's been no enough. developments in, in 40 years no, I, th- I think there's been some. There's been some, mm-hmm. uh, but not enough, which is why we wrote the book. Sure. Because everybody's talking about it and no one's doing it. You know, and there's lots of people doing women at networks. Yeah. And basically that's the equivalent of going just all city. It's, it's the equivalent and, and of... They're great. We don't want to They're great. No, and I love them. And But there is kind of a thing where you say women at is really lovely, but what are the pearls you're giving them? Yeah. So, you know, as amusing and hmm. scintillating as Sue and I are... Um, we're not going to get you your next promotion. So how are you turning that Women At Network into a proper path to success? And it's ghettoisation in certain circumstances. If we give you a day together, girls, you can all talk. Eventually you'll talk about makeup and uh, what you're going to be cooking for tea. And then you can all go back to your jobs. Thank you. And don't even think of raising your pretty little heads up to get a bigger job because that would just be impossible. Know your place. There's a bit of that. I want to have cough now. Sorry. Sure, no, no, no. Do you know, when I was... Um, <coughs> I was actually asked, when we... The senior management lineup that we ha- had here, when we first kicked off with you and me and, and then <coughs> you, me, Jane, Blue, and... I was actually asked, I don't know if you ever were, Jane, because Jane Ratcliffe is here, which I like to say. Um, I was actually asked what we talked about. Yeah. I was asked as well. <coughs> what, what, what is it you talk you about? Uh, <coughs> profitability? Business? business. <laughs> what? Can you yeah. imagine anyone saying that as to if. a board of men? Oh, oh knitting. Oh, we don't, I forgot to mention <laughs> no, the No, makeup, makeup. Yeah. Boys and makeup. Shoes. shoes, shoes, yeah. Boys, make boys in makeup and shoes. That's, actually, was the main why it was main so, element that's of why it. it was so successful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the the nitty gritty of it, yes. What isn't the book? What is it not? It is not. Men are bad. Yep. Women are good. It's not. Uh, this is our campaign for social justice. Start now. Uh, sign up here, and we're going to take over the world. And neither is it, in my immortal phrase, chuffing lean in, <laughs> um, because as lovely as lean in is. Um, Leaning being the book by Sheryl Sandberg. Leaning is the book by Sheryl Sandberg. And what a lovely woman she is. She is a lovely woman. But I personally, despite my fabulous lifestyle in South West London, have 
sometimes a slight issue identifying with the multimillionaires who lives in California. Just saying. Just, yeah, just a tad. Bit of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And also, I love the fact that she talks about the proactivity of women because women need to become more proactive. But women don't need to put their hands up anymore because I think we're doing more than enough. Um, and it is still statistically proven that women still do the majority of the housework, the majority of the childcare. So actually doing more stuff that everyone else in the room goes, that's the job, don't take that. And women go, I'll take that. It's my chance to prove myself. No, it's not. It's a complete and utter dead end in most circumstances. So don't put your hand up. Work smarter, not harder. Right. So how much of the book did you learn the hard way? How many of these are personal stories? Well, I'd tell you, but I'd have to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could buy the book. Buy the book. Um, Most of the stories that we were told are stories that we were told outside the echo chamber that is our lives and our industry. We were trying very hard, and I hope... That's that's Catherine's phone. Not not the Perlin Dean, which is what we thought it was. Um, We were trying very hard to do something that was uh, appropriate and relatable to by all women in work throughout the country, outside the UK, in the US, in Russia. We've got research from both of those countries. There are some experiences that when we heard them, we absolutely thought, yeah, that's very similar to something that uh, happened to us. And there is certainly one case study in there which um, relates to me personally, which is outed as me personally, hmm. which was when I was very junior um, in a situation with a creative agency, was shown some creative work that talked about the amount <coughs> of time women would save from a new cleaning product where you didn't have to wipe up the residue after you'd use the product I'd, I'd nev- I had had no idea that one was supposed to wipe <laughs> residue I mean call me, a, call, me, call me a terrible housewife and they produced some creative ads that said if you um, buy this new product and you can save time cleaning you can play golf it showed, showed two women on the golf course or it said you can learn conversational French and I said hang on a second and this is typical me because out it just came I didn't really think about the fact that I was the most junior person in the room I was in a creative agency pitch. Essentially, my job was to write a media plan that said, let's use four insertions in, the, in, in one hmm. woman's magazine and five in another one. Out it just came. You, are, you, are you mad? How much time do you think they're going to save from not having to do a wipe? <clears throat> and anyway, even if they did save time, I don't think that that's what women want. We aren't all sitting there going, goodness me. If only the housework was a bit less onerous, we could go and learn golf. And they said to me, what do women want then? And I'd just been doing quite a lot of consumer research into what it was that housewives felt about advertising and women that worked felt about advertising, all kinds of people. Uh, And uh, the answer was, frankly, what everybody wants mainly, uh, as far as housework's concerned, is for someone else to do it. And out of that came a complete change of creative strategy. And so from that came one of the techniques in the book, which is to use the fact that you are a woman to your advantage. You may well have more understanding about what motivates many target audiences than the young, blokey, creative team in sort of low-hanging jeans and um, possibly baseball caps. (laughs) I don't know how I follow on, but that's <laughs> um, so I, I think it's I think it's interesting that whole thing about seeing who you are as a positive rather than a negative. So it's quite easy to think, well, I'm not like them, 
so I'm never going to fit in. Actually, why would you want to fit in? Because mm. do you really want to be like them? Sometimes I look around rooms of people and go, I'm quite glad I'm not like them. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> and celebrate being yourself is, is, a, is a key thing. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't really want to out myself in some of those stories because it's all just, you know. I, I think the thing about being yourself, though, is we all learn that the hard way. We might look like more senior women might, I don't know, they might look like they're more confident. I don't think anyone comes into the workplace with a level of self-confidence about how they should behave, whether that's a man or a woman, actually. One of the greatest lessons is about confidence is if you can fake it, then you can make it. Mm. Because if you just pretend that you, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how how confident. It's very difficult after after you've been practicing faking mm. it to know the difference between <laughs> faking it and actually being confident. Yeah. Because the two things pretty much merge in together. So if anyone's feeling unconfident out there, just just genuinely fake it. Fake it. But the other thing is, everyone else no. feels <laughs> unconfident as well. It's yeah. just you know. It, no one ever walks into a meeting, well, unless they're kind of slightly delusional, going, I'm absolutely going to smash this and I'm going to own this meeting. Actually, I can think of someone I know. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> but we weren't going to talk about them. Um, <clears throat> so it is that whole thing about having a bit of confidence in yourself because sometimes being the slightly different voice in the room is is of interest because otherwise you just get groupthink, which is just deeply tedious. You just end up doing the same old thing you've done before. So I think, um, you know... The, the interesting thing in the book is about how those women who found their true voices and kind of listened to their own inner selves actually mm. thrived rather than pretending to be like everyone else. There is a lot of focus in the book on being yourself and, yes. and mm. just being true to yourself because you can't constantly not be true to yourself. No, and then the other thing as well is you forget who you pretended you were mm. being some of the time, which is really quite tough. Yeah. But know. one of the things we've been asked by um, some women that have heard the talk rather than read the book, because I hope it's clear in the book, is they've said... Are you saying that we should behave more like men in order to succeed? Mm. No, we're not saying that. We're saying that step out a little bit out of your comfort zone. It's not as difficult as you think. And I had a lovely expression of this the other day, which is you might think that you live in a three-bedroom flat, but actually you live in a mansion and there are rooms in your mansion that you can explore and feel comfortable with. And perhaps in one of those rooms in your mansion is showing off a bit more at work. Yeah. And if you could step into that room occasionally, that would do your career good. It's not about not being true to yourself. So is that mm. not that what you're not saying there is you've got th- you have actually got a three bedroom flat and you're just imagining something that you're not. You're saying you are in a mansion, but you're only seeing this much, and you can you yeah. can open yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah it's self limitation is one of the <clears throat> really interesting things that you come across with women because women say, "Oh, well, I can't do that." So it's statistically proven that if there's ten things that you need for a job, a woman will have eight and go, yeah, I can't do those other, I can't do those other two. Well, I did them a bit, but I didn't think I was very good at them, so I'm not going to apply. And in a similar situation, men will have six and will go, I'll blag the other four, and it will just be fine and no one will find me out. And I think our thing about we have to be overqualified before we think we can justify being in that position is wrong and it holds us back because there's quite a lot of evidence that it doesn't hold men back and 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 that's not a bad thing for men you know good for them if they've got the ability to do that and this we're beginning to cut on some of my next question which is something that i always struggle with is this a male versus female thing or not or not versus just a difference or is it a 
females are more likely to have a certain personality type and males are more likely to have a, a personality type and it's just almost a comms dynamic issue no I think it's a spectrum actually and I think that I have met women who are you know very few women who are on that thing of well obviously I'm brilliant and a, and a very kind of not um, masculine but have a very masculine approach to themselves which is well of course I'm brilliant and, you know, and, and how is anybody going to know I'm not going to get found out for that it is what it is you know what do you mean mm. um, and similarly I've met men who are equally diffident about themselves so I think it is a thing about I don't think there's a male and a female type I think there's some behaviours that women exhibit so I think we're much more um, much more orientated towards being liked mm. actually mm than men are um, and and that can be a thing that can kind of hold you back mm. so if you go in and ask for a pay rise and someone says I'm really sorry there's a um, you know problem with cash flow at the moment women will go away and think they hate me now because I've asked the wrong question I really should have known about the cash flow of course you shouldn't have known about the cash flow and a man will just think well sort it out then because you really need to pay me more and that whole thing and yeah and, it, and it's your fault that I can't get paid not it's my fault for asking at the wrong moment um, and those things <clears throat> seem to start very early in life. So girls and boys at a very young age do behave differently, but also their behaviour gets endorsed differently. So girls, we've got one story in the book about um, a little boy who thinks he's won an Easter egg hunt and his daddy says to him, well done, because you won, you beat all the girls. And his daddy wouldn't have said that to a daughter he wouldn't have said he to would a have daughter said, stop, sh- stop showing off he would have said, so I, th- I think there's a lot of um, societal differences <coughs> but the one thing that one woman who we interviewed for the book said to me she said boys it's a numbers game girls it isn't little boys get knocked down at school and they get back up again that doesn't happen to little girls in the same way they play differently they tend to play nicely together and um, she said but also do you know she said men will ask 10 people out and be thrilled if one says yes name me one woman you know who's got past one no I'm going to ask I'm going to ask them out I'm going to ask them out you get a no and you go home and you eat ice cream and watch reruns of Sex and the City (laughs) now I've yet to be in a room where anyone's gone no 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 I'm always asking yeah I'm always asking (laughs) men Um, so what are the biggest opportunities then for women in the workplace we've identified a lot but what are the opportunities then Uh, clarity about what you want so clarity about what you want clarity about what you want Mm -hmm. so you know you have to ask for what you want and you have to ask for what you need you know and uh, and don't dance around it you know that great thing about there's no money in foreplay you know, it's all about the delivery. Yeah. Um, what? So, <laughs> <laughs> it was what someone said to me. No, no, no. Someone said to me, the thing about it is, is women dance around and go, so if it would be all right, you know, and they don't get to the delivery element of it, which is, this is what I want, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. So slightly, no, no, no. it was a slightly tangential conversation I had with someone, which I thought was quite interesting. So, yeah, women come in and go, well, if it, yeah, you know if that thing ever happened about you know any kind of promotion instead of going look I know that so and so is probably going to get promoted to so and so so I'd really like their job what we do is do the old let's dance around at the edge of the Mm. conversation rather than saying what we want Um, so uh, you know ask what you want ask what you need and be very clear because people aren't mind readers you know if you've harboured this deep desire 
to go and do something and you think you've got the chance to do it, go and tell someone. It might not be the time now. But don't sit there and think someone just knows just by reading your body language. It's a really weird kind of thing that we have, which is we think people are as emotionally attuned to our needs as we are maybe to other people's needs. So do you think, just before you answer Sue, do you think there's a difference in the way that men find their why or what they want to the way women find what they want? Or is it, uh, that doesn't matter? Because finding your why is a very difficult thing. Like, what you want is a very difficult thing, really. I think it's just women think it's their responsibility to overcome the barriers that come down in the workplace Mm -hmm. and seem less likely to ask for help with overcoming them. It's quite odd. I don't. So I don't think it's as deep as why you're there and what you're doing. I think it's simply an independence thing in a way. I've, I haven't thought about this before, but I remember um, Annie Rickard once telling me a story about her two children, she's got a little boy and a little girl, and the boy's older than her daughter. And she said um, her daughter from a very early age, if she wanted a cup of water in the night, she would go downstairs, get herself a cup of water, go back upstairs again. And her son, much later on, would just be going, Mom, thirsty, Mom, thirsty, Mom. <laughs> and somehow girls go I'm going to go and get it myself and women in the workplace go okay here's a problem I need to sort this out myself oh I can't it's a problem I'm therefore going to go and sit down whereas men in the workplace are going well it can't because it's me Mm -hmm. maybe we're going it's because it's me Mm. men are going it can't because it's me who can I ask for help with it I don't know why that is. That's what mm-hmm. seems to be happening. And I think that's what Catherine's saying is find the person that can help unblock the problem for you. Don't sit there looking at it going, this is my bad. I should have I should have known how to do this. Yeah. I've done that too. I mean, I'm still quite prone to doing it. It's immensely very powerful to go and ask for that help. Maybe it's because the power balance of power usually isn't with women in organisations that they think it's a sign of weakness to Mm -hmm. ask for help with something whereas in fact often frequently it's a sign of strength and I know that there's nothing you'd like better than to help somebody that worked for you progress and overcome a problem of course you wouldn't think less of them because they asked for your help you'd think more More? of them yeah there's a confusion out there yeah I think women are are, are somewhat guilty of kind of coping Mm. I'll just cope it'll be fine I'll just cope I'll just get on it's going to be fine you know, there's quite a lot of that going on. Um, whereas, actually, people exist to help you get on in work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their job, yeah. is that you get the optimum outcome for you and your clients and, and where you work. Not, I really like to see that person squirming in misery and uh, I'm going to see how much I can prolong it. It's just, it's a really, really weird thing, that whole self-reliance thing. Mm. And it's being... In, you know, sometimes independence becomes, you know, irrationality, sure. actually. And what, what have you learnt since releasing the book? Because you must have finished it quite a while ago for it to go through production and release and where you are now. What have you learnt since that you would like to have put in the book? Is there anything? It's a really interesting question. I, I hadn't thought about it before. I don't know that there's anything that I've thought isn't in the book that should be in there that's come up. What I have been shocked by is what many women are putting up with in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as we've gone out and done the Q&As, so we went and talked to a lot of women and got a lot of stories, but as we've gone out and done the Q&As and done some public speaking events, some of the questions that we've been asked, and we've given, you know, I hope grown-up helpful advice, 
I've wanted to say, it isn't 1916, what are you doing? What are you doing putting up with that? I can't believe he said that to you. Tell me who he is, I want to go and tell him off. Mm. And obviously, I'm not sure it would have been appropriate to put that in the book because <laughs> yeah. it might have been a slightly more. Uh, you've had to check the sound levels. Now. Yes, I have. Oh, yes. Sorry about First that. Time ever with that you. Never, yeah. never has. <laughs> but that's been one of the things that I've learnt is that it's pretty grim out there in some quarters where yeah. you'd be surprised. Yes, precisely. I think that's the thing I've been very overwhelmed by is sometimes places where you think well this is this is all going to be fine isn't it because they've got these are really nice people and they're all deeply professional no 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 and also other things that people say where you stunned by the crassness so we had one last week this is one of them yeah this is one of them where a woman said she so we talked about you know you should prepare your case for asking for pay rises build up rehearse it and this woman put her hand up and said I asked for a pay rise she went to see my boss and I asked for a pay rise and I said I would like a pay rise because x y and z and these are all my deliverables and he said to her you seem very fixated on money Sophie is it because your husband doesn't earn enough money to keep you wow yeah precisely so everyone's going and you think I I can't believe that anybody Anybody thought that was acceptable to say, um, and and then on another level, we were at something <coughs> where a woman said, "I don't really like the banter that's around me," and we gave some of our te- tips and techniques for dealing with it. And she said, "Yes, but specifically, if I say something and uh, the guy that I work with says, oh, is it your time of the month?' What's my answer? Uh, what?" Yeah. Again, have I just time travelled back in? Yeah. So, what are these tips and tricks? Because we live, we work in quite a young. Oh, there are many. Go on, then. There are many in myriad. No, by the book, hey, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I'm going to sit here and just? It's this isn't yeah. like one of those audible. I'm going to read Fine. the books out loud and you get it for Fine. nothing. Fine. It's less than a price of a big cup of coffee for heaven's right, sake on right. Kindle. Available in all good bookshops. Available in all good bookshops good, and bad ones. And no, there are n- there is no such thing as a bad, <laughs> bad bookshop. I, I mean, use humour is definitely one of them, and I have as a first resort use humour my back mm. and I've certainly got a pile of one-liners in my handbag that I can wi- you know whip out at any occasion if anybody wants any advice on yeah that might be the that might be the next that book. might be the next book it might yeah. be um footballing analogies and um <laughs> and banter, banter, banter put downs. <laughs> yes yeah yes um before we go to questions from the floor what advice would you give to men being led by women and we're going to go on to about those leading women, so if there's any distinction. Listen and learn, boys. Listen and learn. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry. No, no. It's very bad. So men uh, being led by women. No, no. Well, I, yeah. I, aren't men always led by women? They just don't realise. Yes, specifically. As someone said to me, amen. Um, I think that it's a massive opportunity to, to, be, to be led by a woman, and it gives you a different set of insights and a different set of criteria and just enjoy it 
Yeah, have fun, I'd say. Have fun. That, yeah. That's not particularly helpful. Like, what, what does why is that, it, why is what, it not, what does o- that only mean? Only to you, Airsteen. Let's does that, not bring does, your problems to this <laughs> podcast. There lovely. are many of them. Well, but I, yeah. I have struggled with this. I've yes. struggled with this where my approach to my goals are different in the, when I'm being led by a woman than when I'm being led by a man. In what way? I believe. I'm not going to go into specifics. Okay. But, that, no, but Sorry, fine. I was, well, I was just going to turn that into a therapy thing. We've talked about this, about how there's... Um, I've got my strict KPIs and my goals, but the way that I approach them uh, with my male bosses is far more goal-orientated. And it may be that they were more drive, but then with my female bosses, and I can, I've got very specific examples, it's far more about the way I've approached it with people and collaboration, with a flexible style, with emotional intelligence is where I'm going. So what a great benefit it is, to, j- joking aside, to have different kinds of approaches from your managers because you only grow in the workplace if you can be flexible so the big lesson is flexibility it's back to this and I think a lovely way of putting it is you've got more rooms in your house than you think you have I think what you're saying is that being led by a woman possibly means that you are exploring rooms that otherwise you wouldn't go into absolutely absolutely you understand better the kinds of behaviors that Mm -hmm. men um, exhibit so I would say be open it's interesting one of the comments that um, we got from a city firm where there was a mix of men and women and some of the men were the partners and there was a quite sweet moment towards the end where a man stood up and he said I'd just like to say it's been very interesting as a talk And I just hope for the sake of any young man coming into this building now that he doesn't have the same kind of um, workplace that I have had throughout my career where it has been purely dominated by alpha men. He said, I've I've got such richness from working with, with women and with strong women of all different kinds that it would be a terrible pity were our workplace not to change because of course city firms do tend still to have more men at senior Mm -hmm. levels and I'd echo that I think the great thing about for me about working here has always been the diversity of people and I know that I've learned absolutely the most from the people who are least like me and I haven't always liked it at the time but it's been much better for me than had I just worked in an echo chamber Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that whole thing about it gives you the capability of understanding other points of view, which, given that we're in the communications business, <clears throat> what's not to love about that? Exactly. Are there any questions from the floor? Stunned. Stunned silence. Oh, Go. Oh, have you? Hafsa, Good. what's your question? Forgive me if you've already answered it in a different way, but we all know like there are things that we think, oh, men are really good at this if they're going to interview, like they're more confident maybe, yeah. or... Yeah. Good at improvising, as you guys have said. So, what is it in women? What's our single most biggest advantage, just by being a woman, or not maybe not just by being a woman, but like, we that, that counters that. Yeah, well, um, not necessarily counters. Right. What is our big thing? What's, what's our big? What's the USP of being a woman? If yeah. a man's is confident in an interview, what's the thoroughness? Thoroughness and and not overstating capabilities so even if you thought even so to to go back to uh, this was a bit of Hewlett Packet research that said that if a woman can do nine out of ten things on the list she doesn't apply for a job if a man can do five out of ten things on the list he applies for the job even if a woman really went out of her comfort zone and said oh I'm going to apply if I can do 
seven things out of ten, which is probably quite extreme, that's still two more than the men are mm. applying for the job on. So I think women tend to be very thorough, tend to be very hardworking, and tend to be, in my experience, um, very resourceful in getting to the goal. And the women that I've worked with here, and I've worked obviously with some amazing women at Mediacom, are never give up. You know, they get knocked down, but they get back up again. Isn't that a song? Yeah. <laughs> now going to go into Chumbawamba, it's going to be, yeah. yeah. ASD is now going to put in great one-off great. records of his choice. <laughs> yeah. Just one hit wonders. Yeah. Hey. Hi. So I think all of us noticed that there, is, there are no guys mm-hmm. apart from you. Yeah. We don't need anybody else. He's, <laughs> he's more than a man. He's like ten men. Let's, let's not do this. <laughs> oh, no, let's, because it makes you go red. You're missing this on the podcast. We're just trying to make him go red. I'm not talking only about the media comment, but do you think men still deliberately try to kind of ignore this unfairness in the workplace, or they just, or is for them just easier? To Can I just say, I, just, I think they're completely unaware of it. So the, way, the question is, and what's your name? <coughs> the question, uh, I'm Una. Una? Okay. Uh, and the question is, do men <coughs> ignore by purpose or by accident the, all the challenges that we've been discussing here? We, again, at this city firm, we talked about the fact that women don't show off as much about their achievements, and many of us find that we've got to force ourselves to show off about our achievements. And at the end, and a lot of women in the room agreed, and at the end again one of the male partners stood up men's partners stood up and he said um it has never occurred to me that women don't show off he said i've been showing off since the day i entered this building that is how i got my job i am surrounded all day by other men showing off about what they've done and i show off back to them therefore when women around me don't show off i think it's because they haven't got anything to show off about (coughs) i think they're just treading water now you can call that cognitive bias if you like. You can call that sexism if you like. I don't think it's either of those things. I just think, why, why would he know yeah. that women don't show off if you're just <coughs> surrounded by men showing off all the time? Yeah. So this is, again, why we really hope that the book gets read by men as well, because that's why perhaps he has passed over strong talent, promoted someone who's been showing off but perhaps less ready for the job, than a woman that he could have promoted instead and it will help him be a better boss to understand that so i think there's that do we all what's it called what's it called was there's some sort of cognitive bias that's um going for the easiest option or any behavioral scientists in the room like occam's razor no no we we ban them no yes no i think that's occam's razor the thing Mm. that we just thought which is the simplest explanation is is the one that you go for although in this case not necessarily right but there's something about uh atrophy which just says we all go by the easiest option so frankly going back to that pay rise uh example that catherine gave earlier if a if a woman comes to you at, to Catherine and says, I want a pay rise, and she says, oh, I can't give it to you now, here's a list of things that I think you should achieve, she will go away and she won't go back to Catherine until she's achieved. If there's five things on the list, how many will she need to have achieved before? Let's all shout out. How many out of five will she have needed to have achieved? Five, right? <laughs> okay. Whereas a bloke who she sends out of the room with five things to do will, will actually go 
that's interesting. These are interesting challenges. What I'll do now is I'll go back in three weeks. I'll tell her that I've made a good start on two of them. And I'll ask her when I'm going to get the pay rise or promotion then. Now, you can't help the next time someone says to you, who are you going to promote next? Yeah. To think, well, it's that bloke that never leaves me alone that keeps coming back every three weeks and asking me for a promotion. He's going to come front of mind. So, again, that's one of the things that we hope to help change with this book. I think one of the other interesting things, the stories that came out in the, that when we were talking to people was this chap who said to us, well, now I've had a baby daughter. Clearly, I realise this is a really, really big issue. And I don't want my daughter to go through her life earning 81p to every pound that men earn. At which point, once you've ratcheted your jaw back into place, you say, so what about your wife or your sister or all your female friends? Does it not matter that they're not earning... Oh, because it's not your girl child. You know, Sue's great analogy. It's like the Lion King. I have a girl child. All must change. You know, and it is this really, really weird thing. You know, which is kind of... I, I genuinely think that, you know, it's it's the same thing that we talk about in meetings, which is you spend your whole time going, I've got to be really clever and got to make the most important point and I've got to say it at exactly the right time. Everyone else in that room is thinking, can I get through this meeting without <laughs> messing up slash spilling coffee down myself or humiliating myself in front of the client again? So everyone else is just as concerned about themselves. And if you say anything that moves the direction of the meeting along in a positive direction, everyone's happy. No one is giving you marks out of ten for your kind of, you know, you know, Wittgenstein comments on the state of dialectics <laughs> yeah. in, in comms. They just want to get through a meeting and get to the end and everyone goes, so we've agreed three things, right? You're going to do that, Una. ASD, you're going to do that. And you're going to do the other one. Great. And we'll come back in a week. It's all people want to do. They want to get through without becoming yeah. bruised or crying, mm-hmm. frankly. And we all spend our time going, no, I've got to be really clever. I've got to be really brilliant. Mm. No, 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 I'm going to, no, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to say that now because it's got to be the absolute right moment. Mm. And then the moment goes and then we just sit there going, I can't believe we did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for my really clever answer, yeah. um, which you've given me time to think of, I think, um, I think that the, the challenge is too hard for a man. Um, I think men are intimidated by women who are funny who are intelligent and who are driven Why? I think that's a challenge Why? yeah Why? because so, they're because they're frankly, so I'm surprised he's letting you sit next to him seeing as you are all three I'm very confident <laughs> in my abilities and the yeah. um, and the second one is that there is a challenge where women typically are um better with emotional intelligence and men aren't and so the the ability to recognize the subtle differences and the subtle wants and to notice when people aren't putting themselves forward mm-hmm. or showing off that's something where women may pick it up but men just don't because they they're very obvious and they they pick up when people are showing off when they're not when they're not showing off even though they've still got the talent and that's the challenge salome hello salome um how important is it to build up a brand perception of yourself and how do you do it (laughs) most effectively how do you become a brand not just as a woman but as a man in the workplace And how important is that? I think it's very important because you need to get noticed. The question is, how, is, how, do, you build a, how do you build a brand for yourself, male uh, or female? Yeah, and how you build a brand is by working out what it is that you are particularly... What's your point of difference? It's old-fashioned branding, actually. What's your unique selling point? And it might be only a tiny thing now. And don't feel that you've got to commit to it forever. 
but it's a thing that people will associate with you. So I go to Salome for dot, 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 dot. And if we all know what we go to you for, then that becomes your brand. And the more you can be consistent with that, and it could be a whole range of things. It could be, I'm always the one who takes the notes from the meeting and follows up immediately. I am the one who always asks, what would Nike do in that situation? I am the one who has walked a mile in the customer's shoes, and we'll talk about that. I am the one who knows exactly what people mean by big data. I am the one who understands all of Mediacom's tools. That's quite an achievement. It could be a whole range of things, and it doesn't matter what it is, actually. The point is, like any good branding, sacrifice and overcommit to it, and also dress the part. I'm a big believer in that. Mm. Salome is the one always all, all <laughs> black. Yeah, 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 who understands black. all of Mediacom's tools. I'm just going to tell you that now, even though I've got no idea what they are. <laughs> um, what would you add? What would I add? I think it is about always reminding people about what you're good at. So it's fabulous that you are mm. the one that always follows up. But just tell people, no, you know, I'll, I'll be yeah, the one that follows up and does that. Yeah, rather than just sending the notes anonymously. Just go, yeah, I'll do that. That's what I do. You know, I'm the one who thoroughly understands Sky's customer base because I've lived it and I've been in, you know, and I've bullet and I've done all that. Yeah. It's the thing about being excellent, but also telling people what you're excellent about. It's because quite often we're really, really good at stuff, and we just and everyone internally knows it. But then, just need to make sure you not not that it would happen here, but other places you might get taken for granted. There's also soft skills as well, soft skills. So I think typically for me, I've talked about work ones. But it could be that you're the one that everybody in the team goes to when they're feeling really low and you look after them. Or it could be there's one person who works here who absolutely fundamentally is the funniest bloke in his team and always makes people <laughs> laugh. wasn't thinking about no. the man tomorrow, um. actually. Um, and uh, he's, he's worked here a long time and he's one of the people that is the heart and soul of the agency. So it could be I'm the person who's most brilliant at writing summaries for new business pitches. It could be I'm the one who always makes sure that there's never a typo in the client presentation. Or it could be I'm the one that tells the jokes at the Christmas party. They're all good. Perfect. Yes. Hi, I'm Liz. Um, I'm just wondering if you have advice about how to confront like expectations of personalities of women. Like, for example, if a woman in the meeting gets angry, like she's a, maybe a little bit hysterical, but for yeah. gets angry, it's like pff, better listen up. So, a question from is it Wes or Les? Sorry, Liz. 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 Sorry, that's awful of me. Oh, yeah. um, ASD has to repeat them because of the audio. Because of the mic, that's in Not because yeah. a man has to say it for us to answer it. Just to be clear, <laughs> on that, to it's, it's a recording point. I'm going okay. to speak slowly <laughs> so you understand what <laughs> yeah. she's I think anger is a good thing. Uh, and I repeat the question, please. I've almost forgotten the question. The question was, how do we confront um, expectations of women in meetings? Is that right? Or expectations of women or specific personality types or specific roles? Yeah. That oh, sort of cliche about, about when, yeah. a, when a woman gets angry, it's, yeah. oh, get her. And when yeah. a man gets angry, it's, oh, he's so effective. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's like, oh, this really means a lot to her. And when women get angry, it's like, God, you're hysterical. Um, as I said before, before I say rudely interrupted you, <laughs> I think anger is a good thing, and I think we are. I think women are afraid of anger, uh, wrongly, because I think anger, if you channel it properly, can make you brave and push you to places where you wouldn't go before. 
And we are kind of quite... I mean, it is that thing where if, if man gets angry, he gets a bit boomy, and quite often women get a bit high-pitchy, and I look like I'm going to cry and I've gone red in the face, which is not such a good thing. Um, so the thing about uh, anger is use it. And don't allow yourself to get to a point where you lose control of it. Actually control it and use it as a fuel to make you braver. And the thing about the stereotypes in meetings is that's just lazy thinking. Um, so you need to confront lazy thinking because ultimately it leads you down a, a you know a, a cul-de-sac of thought, which is if she's angry, why is she angry? Not oh look at her, she looks like she's just about to cry. Um, I think there's something about controlling, using it in a controlled way though. Confront those expectations, then make a decision. Are you going to ramp up your anger and really use it, or are you going to sit on it and find a way to make it power you? So the point is, is control it. Mm. That's actually what you're being paid for in the workplace, is to behave in a certain way, but use it. If... um, if people are using it against you, and yeah, definitely that's happened to me. I mean, I've been um, many very early in my career. I got a brilliant, uh, a brilliant uh, review from somebody, bar the fact that um, they suggested that I could sometimes be quite aggressive. And I said to them, "Oh, I don't think you've actually seen me be aggressive." <laughs> she said aggressively. She said in a, in a I said in a very mild manner. <laughs> so, so I think use it is what I would say the other thing about being angry as well though is use it and make it keep it within you so Mm. quite often so what you do is you lower your voice and you talk more Mm. slowly and you talk really deliberately Mm. rather than so our our tendency is we must talk really quickly when we're angry because we just don't get it out because of all these emotions slow it down breathe breathe and just say I'm really disappointed in that not you make me so angry I'm really disappointed in that and I expected better of you it's a bit like that really dreadful speech your parents give you which is <laughs> they got really angry with you and stopped your pocket money for two weeks that'd be really great but when they say you've let yes. we're really disappointed I'm, I'm not it's not so much that I'm angry I'm just disappointed yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah you've let yourself down yeah. that's the worst thing you know and, and that whole thing there is quite a crushing thing to say to people I expected so much better of you in a kind of slightly mm. angry slash patronising way that they their innards kind of shrivel up and then they feel very small yeah. yeah, I think it's a really nice key differentiation between anger as a behaviour versus anger as a feeling when yeah. the feeling you can harness and yeah. use for yeah. power yes. is the behaviour is unprofessional yeah. any more? I can see a hand yeah hi um, who are you? hi I'm Jax Jax? Um, Because sometimes, how can you fundamentally believe in yourself that you're there for mm. a reason and you're not just given an opportunity because, you, you know, you're the poster child and, and you're supposed to show people that, you know, a certain company or team is diverse and they're progressive, but actually at the end of it, you don't really have a voice. And we keep on hearing about tokenism, um, uh, what can I to say? Um, there's another term for it. Um, I forget, but... Quotas. Quotas, I think, yeah. yeah. So the question yeah. is, how do you deal with tokenism? How do you deal with you being there because you are the tick in the box, which you sort of touched on a mm. bit earlier, but mm. how do you deal with that? Well, as, no one's going to employ you. No one's going to employ you into their team if, unless you can be an effective part of that team. So that's the first thing is what kind of idiot business employs, spends money on people that are there just for the sake of it. So 
almost certainly you deserve that job. That's the first thing. If behind that there's a question about should there be tokenism or in order for things to change, should there be quotas? I personally like Baroness Helena Kennedy's um, advice in our book, which is not to have quotas, but to have targets for succession management. So let me give you, for instance, if every, I mean, every business charges their uh, senior people with having successes, that's part of your job. If you said to them, well, we'd like you to have two candidates, we'd like one to be a man, one to be a woman, and in some teams that would mean finding some men. The question then becomes, if they can't do it, why can't they do it? And it starts to ask all sorts of questions about the behaviour around the office, the level of banter perhaps, the lack of ability to treat people uh, fairly rather than equally, which means that one gender or another may be dropping out. I really think that's a great idea and it's something that I would try and put into place in any workplace actually. Um, But do you have a... No, I think you said everything I would have said, as always, and much more eloquently. <laughs> one more question, if there is one. Um, it's Lucy. Lucy. Um, my question is, you mentioned earlier that you, you'd like the thought of blokes reading the book as well. Mm. Is there anything that you've been doing to sort of um, enable that? Um, do you see change, you know, the fact that there's no women in, um, women in the room, any men mm. in the room? Yeah they feel like this, this talk isn't, isn't for them, whereas I wonder whether if there was a similar business um, discussion, women would feel like they'd want to come, you know, it's more, it's more equal. So the question is, uh, what, the first part was, um, just to, I've totally blanked, the, the second part was <laughs> about, um, <laughs> what, the first part was, what have you done to uh, bring the book to Why more men? Why would you apologise that he forgot the yes. question? Yes. That's so, I know. Well, no, 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 no. So, that's, that's that's never never, never apologise, never explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you done to bring this book to men? And is it more important than ever now to bring this to, their, to the fore, bring it to their front of mind? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. We had um, a lot of lovely endorses for our book. I was very pleased, actually, plug out, shout out for Sir Martin Sorrell, that yeah, Sir Martin Sorrell said, you know, it was an excellent book and that every business would find real case studies to apply. Got David um, Abraham as well. David Abraham yeah. is also an endorser. So we went for a mix of men and women and uh, all the men that we asked actually agreed to endorse the book, which was brilliant. I don't... There's something about the fact that there's no men in this room that I don't care about very much, and I wonder why that is. <laughs> is it partly because women do have to take control of the situation? So nobody's going to give it to us. Nobody's going to gift the world changing. We were asked the other day, um, and it's a very it's a minority of women that have sort of made this point, but we were asked. Isn't it, isn't it wrong to say to women that they need to show off more? Shouldn't the men show off less? And you kind of go, well, that ain't going to happen, is it? I mean, perhaps, yeah, wouldn't that, maybe that would be nice. It's just not going to happen. So let's not wait for the men in this business world to turn up to these meetings and change things. Let's make that change happen. I don't know, is that easier said than done? What do you feel about the fact there's no men here? Not bothered, really. Not bothered. Not not bothered. I spend all my life with way too many men, so it's just fine <laughs> by me. And it just means that we all get ASD to ourselves, which is even better. <laughs> yep. 
there was so ASD is now in the situation <laughs> where lots of women are in meetings where you are the only woman and yeah. there are lots and lots of men so I quite like you know turning the tables on them yeah. sometimes how does it feel being yeah. in a Oh, well, I'm in control, so I'm I'm yeah, I'm in charge of that. Well, because you've got the you've yeah. got you yeah, can yeah, cut he's, off. He's now, he's, he's now fading out a little bit. <laughs> yes. He's going to edit it. Bless him. Yeah. Uh, there was one more question. Oh, Bless let's do him. it. Thank <laughs> you. Hi, I'm Elisa. Elisa. Um, Hello, Elisa. We have talked a lot of how women should behave in a men environment, but how we overcome the idea that women can not work together with other women because very often there is this idea that. Oh my gosh, you put too many women together. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things you said earlier was about how um, the research where men, if you've got two people, a man and a woman, who are equally qualified for the same job, and they can both do 50% of it, a man will see what they can do and a woman will see what they can't do. One of the other mantras Mm. is that women don't like employing other women. I don't know whether that's as true, which is sort of what Mm. what you're talking about. the fact that there is definitely some issue that need to be uh, looked at or talk about also women uh, behaving in, in women environment. We have also to learn maybe from men how to be a team, how to be wow. uh, so how our own strength together. So how can women be a team in a women plus women environment yeah. rather than seeing it as competitive? Okay. So I think it's a God, there's a number of things to un- unpick here. Um, on the team front, it is true that in the United Kingdom, more women drop out of team sports at school than men do. So men t- tend to learn rules of teams. I don't know if it's true as much outside the UK, whereas women in school tend to uh, start making excuses about not participating in sport hopefully our brilliant campaign with sports england is starting to change that Mm -hmm. so women get less education about team sports than men do however in the workplace teams that are gender mixed tend to work very successfully but also i have worked with brilliant teams of women as well Um, and just on a personal purely personal front i didn't really understand about teams till i started working with steve allen aren't teams brilliant teams are brilliant it's like it's brilliant there's if you drop the ball someone else will pick it up and there are a number of colleagues that I have in this building who I never worry about a meeting that much because I know that if I'm with them if I make a mistake they will pick up the ball and score a goal with it instead or vice versa or or a you know shoot shoot a shoot a hoop or whatever um you can tell Sue just gave up sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did actually. So perhaps there's a bit about teams there. I'm, I'm not sure because yeah, maybe that's. I've just maybe that's just completely wrong. Oh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. What I do think is true is that women who have broken through traditional hierarchical alpha toxic power structures don't always want to change things for other women because they start to say look I've achieved it if you've got anything about you you'll achieve it too I think that's uh, a sign of an unhealthy culture because that also excludes all sorts of lovely talented people who are men who don't aren't good at the playing uh, playing those games of alpha alpha male toxic uh, power structures but the so, so does it happen yes it happens the techniques in the book you know, we are not assuming that all your bosses are men. Your bosses could be men or women. But the other thing is that I think women do tend to characterise other women. We got asked a question the other day, and she said, 
I had to run a team of women and oh my goodness it was like running a nest of vipers what do you say about that Sue and Catherine and I said I can't remember what Catherine said I said I'm um, hurt now I can't believe we can tell you said. Yeah. I, I said if you'd worked with a bunch of men and they'd been a really bad bunch of men you wouldn't have said they were a bunch of vipers what do you do about that you're kind of associating that tendency with women in a way that's completely unfair and genuinely we have brilliant teams that are women only that are men only that are men and women mixed together working on various projects around the place and the point is is what's the culture of that team not what's whether whether the people in it have got penises or not i said the p word yeah i did (laughs) An hour in, first penis. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. You know what it's like. Um, I think the thing is that uh, there are dysfunctional teams, and it's irrespective of whether all male or all female. And uh, I think there tends to be much more derogatory calling out of all female teams that may be dissonant than there is about men. So with men, it's always seen as banter. Oh, jockeying for position with women, it's like they're a nest of vipers. Mm. God, they're vicious. Da 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 da. Because it's just that whole thing about it's you know a man. Well, yeah, you know, a man is a man is you know a bit of a lad. A girl is a bit slutty, really. You know, yeah. same number of partners, but that's just the way it is. And it's the expectation of girls just playing nicely together, don't they? And boys, there's a bit of woo, putting your elbows out, having a bit of a jockey for position, and that's all completely fine, you know. And it's just. T- Dysfunctional teams are dysfunctional teams. It doesn't matter whether you're whatever. It just happens. The issue about it is not about whether they're women. It's the personality types. And it's the expectations we put on those teams to perform and and the culture that they grow up in. So if you're... Oh, not grow up in, but, you know, if you're in a culture which is... It literally is, right, okay, uh, Una, I'm going to... If I need to get ahead, what I need to do is I need to stab you repeatedly and be seen to be standing on your head to get that job well, that's just what I have to do because this is what this place is like. That's what you do, isn't it? You just, you relentlessly hunt your enemies slash what other people would see as co-workers down because you've got to triumph to be seen as the person who succeeds. That is wrong. That is the culture. And, you should get out of there. And you've got to get out of there because it, it's, it's damaging for you both personally and professionally because you say oh yeah I used to work there and anybody who's ever got any experience of you know it's when you go yeah I used to work there and people go really? Whew, interesting mm. Mm. and you still have relationships with people because it hasn't damaged you into turning you into some kind of sociopath uh, yeah that's why I got out you know there is that thing it's the, it's the expectation and the standards we expect of people should be you know fair Final question, because we're slightly over time. Quick fire. It's the 13th of December. New Year is approaching. Yes. If you could give one actionable New Year's resolution for every woman in the room and the man in the room, what yeah. would they be? <laughs> Show off more. Show off more. Well, that was my one as well. <sighs> um, no, that's great. Consistency. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. No, I want to say something different. <laughs> you don't have to say anything different. I want to say build your brand. Build your brand. Both men and women? Is that yes. for both men and women? Yep. Yeah. 
No, women shall. No, men don't need shall. Literally, <laughs> if men Sorry. showed off more by Easter, I would have stabbed someone. So let's <laughs> so not. So what's do your that. resolution for men then? Listen up. Listen yeah. up. Perfect. Um, a big hand, please, for Catherine. <laughs> Thank you to the fabulous ASD. Not so much a man, more of a legend. No, Best podcast host in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank he you hasn't got much. red enough yet. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs>